Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Enchanted Care Learning Center, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend an Enchanted Care open house on Saturday, March 14th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit EnchantedCare.com. That's EnchantedCare.com. Hello, guys. I'm Brett Dicer and I host the Digital Coffee podcast that talks about PC gaming. So everything you need to know about PC gaming is in this podcast. Come on, grab a cup of coffee or tea. I'm not really that prejudiced against either one of them, but I love coffee and tea. But grab it and let's have fun listening and talking, discussing with comments about PC gaming. New episodes every Friday on popular podcasting platforms. everyone, this is the Controller Disconnected Podcast. I am your host, Matthias Carnero. In celebration of the current hype upon the imminent release of the Resident Evil 3 remake, I will spend the next few episodes talking about last year's Resident Evil 2 remake, and a little bit of the Resident Evil series in general as well. In this first part, I'll talk about my experiences with the games, some of which date back to my childhood even. Come along and I'll tell you all about it. The very first Resident Evil game I played was an odd one. It's also considered the very worst one in the series, but I can't confirm that for myself because I haven't played it in over a decade. But everybody else says it, so I guess public opinion is king. It was Resident Evil Survivor, a spin-off to the main series. It's a first-person light gun shooter, which means you play with a plastic pistol, aiming it at a TV and pressing the trigger to fire weapons. It's not a real shooter, so you also have freedom of movement to go around the game world as you please. I never actually got to play with a light gun though, because I didn't have the gun con for my PS1. There's also the fact that light gun support was removed on the North American version, but I don't even know what version I had, so that doesn't really matter. I just had a normal controller and my tiny child hands to death grip it with when I got too scared. It has a pretty convoluted story. The main character is involved in a helicopter crash on an island and he gets amnesia from it. From there you have to navigate the island and fight your way out of that zombie-ridden, godforsaken place. The enemies are usual Resident Evil fare. They go from normal stumbling zombies to the creepy crawly lickers, hunters and tyrants too. One of the weirdest choices this game makes in its enemy cast is to put a bunch of Mr. X tyrants multiple times over the course of the game. You may know Mr. X as the indestructible monster from Resident Evil 2 who stalks the player around the RPD building and beyond. The fact that he's invisible for most of the game is the most terrifying thing about him. Shooting him will only keep him down for a short amount of time, and even then, that's a lot of ammo wasted for nothing. In Survivor, he's... he's just there. A couple of pistol magazines are enough to put him down with little issue. Of course, he still punches you down something fierce, and is sure to give you some trouble. But even then, you can just run circles around him as some spaces are wide enough, and he just casually walks after you at a brisk pace. 
I mean, there's a part in the game where you have to run up a cliff face, and in that path, you meet a Mr. X that you can run right past. And then a few steps later, you meet another one. And after that, another one. And another one. And another one. It's kind of hilarious when you stop to think about it. There's also another notable, but really, really strange enemy in Survivor. It's a sort of mutant soldier thing? Well, they come in through a helicopter on the island in a cutscene and they talk like special op soldiers, but they move around doing flips like gymnasts and they have stretchy limbs they attack you with? And they have guns sometimes too. I, I don't understand what they are, but they just creep me out to this day when I try to picture them. And on top of all that, there's what happens after they're killed. Their bodies deflate and they make out of whooshy death noise that goes like... That's just... Ugh, what is this thing? Anyway, let's talk about better games. If you want to know more about this burning trash heap, you can watch the Angry Video Game Nerd video on it. Or for a more in-depth and less aggravated look at the game, I recommend the Stop Skeletons from Fighting videos that feature a good part of the game from almost start to finish. I'll leave a link to the three videos in the show notes. The real bulk of my experiences with Resident Evil as a child and teenager really came from watching other people play the games, and also reading about the characters and plots and fan wiki pages. So I have more passive than active knowledge of the series, until recently when I started actually playing the games more at least. Most of the time I was watching my aunt play them, may she rest in peace. She was the horror buff of the family, not only of games, but of movies as well. She played all kinds of spooky games from Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Alone in the Dark, you name it, she loved them. I could have played the games myself with no consequence for my parents or my family, but I was a very easily scared kid so I left the big boy games for the adults to play while I hugged a pillow watching TV from a safe distance. The few times I leapt into action were for translating things on screen whenever the need arose. I'm the only one in the family fluent in English and I started learning at a very young age, so my aunt took full advantage of that. A story she liked to tell people during family dinners was of one time when she was stuck on a piano puzzle in the first Silent Hill game because she couldn't understand what the words on the screen meant. She called my parents on the phone asking for help, my help more specifically, and after spelling out the words for me, I told her that it meant, it's written in blood, but in Portuguese of course. She almost couldn't believe I had gotten it right, until some time later when she got her hands on a translated copy and sure enough, I had gotten it right that first time on the phone. But back to Resident Evil, my earliest memories were just of watching relatives play the games. I vaguely remember a few scenes like when Claire and Leon be inside the RPD on the second game, or the first battle against Nemesis in front of the police station in the third game, where you have the choice to stay and fight or run away. Once or twice I gathered enough courage in my little heart to try and pick up the controller and actually play, but I gave up pretty quickly every time because I couldn't figure out the tank controls. People to this day still bicker about the tank controls. Imagine me being maybe 7 or 8 years old at the time with hands barely the size of peanuts trying to understand how the movement worked. No wonder I was only able to play the dumbest game of the series at that age. Another vivid memory I have from that time is when I was watching my aunt play Resident Evil Code Veronica. I was sitting behind her just looking as she made her way through the game. When she got to a room I don't remember if it was a morgue or a hospital, but it had some beds with sheets covering the bodies on them. As she was making her way out of the room, the game cuts to a different angle showing one of the bodies shaking and squirming under the sheet. That image was scarred in my brain right there and then. I actually couldn't sleep that night because I was crying so much from fear and my aunt had to come calm me down. I told you I was easily scared. The only other game that affected me distinctly since was Max Payne, but that's a different story for a different time. 
Right now, we're gonna take a little break, and then I'll talk about when I actually played a few Resident Evil games myself. Now go listen to some commercials and give me pennies. I'll be right back. Welcome back! So then, after cowering away from them my whole childhood, when I grew up I decided to chin up and take matters into my own hands. It was time to play some Resident Evil. And what perfect time to play when a new game in the series was about to be released. So almost as soon as it was available, I downloaded and played the Resident Evil 5 demo. What can I say? I was 12 years old and really into Call of Duty. Another max shooty bang bang game is exactly the thing I wanted. And it also had co-op, so if something very scary happened in the game, I wouldn't be swanning my underwear alone. Not that that would actually happen. A game in which you punch a freaking boulder while inside of a volcano is the furthest thing from scary. But yes, this was the first time I seriously attempted to play a Resident Evil game. I played the demo a few times with some friends until I grew tired, but I didn't actually buy the game itself until years later with the Gold Edition. Even then, I barely played the game beyond the second chapter, so safe to say I wasn't very impressed by it. And neither were most other people from what I hear. My first true start with classic Resident Evil came with the first game's remakes remaster. Try saying that three times fast. I had played the original from 1986 before that, but it was more of a taster thing than an actual attempt. This time I was going to go from beginning to end. No shortcuts, no forfeits. Actually, scratch that no shortcuts thing, I used a walkthrough. I get lost very easily on the mansion, even with a map, and as I said on the Goat Simulator episode, I like a few pointers on where to go to do things on games. But using the walkthrough didn't actually affect my experience too much since I still had to do all the things myself. Managing ammo and resources, killing some zombies and evading some others to save on ammunition, and in general just not dying. And I can proudly say that I was successful in my quest. I killed Plant 42, electrocuted the mutated shark, ended the torment of Lisa Trevor, blew up the tyrant, and last but not least, I successfully avoided being turned into a Jill sandwich. It was tough, but it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot, and I highly recommend you to play it if you haven't already. It's worth noting though that I only played through the Jill campaign in the game, so I haven't fully experienced what it has to offer. Maybe a revisit is in order eventually? A question that remains to be answered. And then finally, there's the second game's remake. Completely reworked from its fixed camera angles and tank controls, survival horror returned to its roots in awesome, bloody fashion. And I'll tell you all about it next week. So subscribe to the show to listen to it as soon as it's released. Same podcast feed, same podcast time. To wrap up this little prologue to my Resident Evil 2 analysis, I would just like to say that I'm so hyped for Resident Evil 3, you guys. From what it looks like got of it, it seems like almost a completely different beast to the second game. Much like the original, it's more focused on action than horror, but not the slapstick type like in Resident Evil 5 and 6. It's very much grounded and still putting the player in a vulnerable state against all the zombies and the big hulking nemesis, who is looking great in the game by the way. His clothes look more like they've been fashioned out of rags and bandage wraps than an actual coat, and he is tall. Like, having to open your mouth to not stretch your neck looking up tall. Resident Evil 3 is one of the games I know the least about in this series, except for the main story beats, so I'll be going in mostly blind when I play it. And I can't wait to finally do so. Man, 2020 is looking like a great year for games so far. There's Doom Eternal, RE3, The Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Cyberpunk 2077, Ghost of Tsushima, 
Neo 2, and there's even Dreams which just came out and I'm just waiting for the first sale that goes on to pounce on it. It's times like these I wish I had infinite stacks of money. <sighs> and well, that does it for this episode of Controller Disconnected. Thank you very much for listening, and please give us a kind review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. You can find an easy link to both in the show notes, or you can go straight to ratethispodcast.com slash condisconnected. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, and we are available on all podcast platforms. You better subscribe, or else you will become a Jill Sandwich. Once again, thank you for listening. I am Matthias Carnero, and I will talk to you soon. your child be ready for kindergarten? At Enchanted Care Learning Center, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend an Enchanted Care open house on Saturday, March 14th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit EnchantedCare.com. That's EnchantedCare.com. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.